are back. Props and drops. My best friend, Brandon's cousin's aunt's favorite show on the podcast circuit for one reason only. She is a Herminator fan. Uh, but some good clips from the last episode in Miami. Kalish, it's good to see you, brother. How are you? Good to see you, man. Our tens of fans are going to be all over this episode. I can't wait till it goes live. It's actually crazy how well the podcast is doing. I like that we're self-deprecating, but um, the fact that Herm is taking, you know, selfies in the streets should tell you everything you know about where the show's at. Uh, (laughs) I also just noticed that the Knicks and Celtics have a plethora of games coming up. So we'll have a lot of trash talk, though I'm scared about it because the Knicks are playing terribly. Uh, The NFL is chugging along um the ufc is doing its thing so there's a lot to talk about in uh in props obviously i'll let you and herm dictate the schedule of the show and then in drops i uh i want to be transparent here i haven't bought one yet but i'm doing an ungodly amount of homework on comic books so i want to talk to you guys as friends off camera about that uh nft world is on fire, lots going on, dramas, excitements, opportunities, South Park clips. I saw, got text 30 South Park clips this morning. So they're referencing it. So, you know, we've made it. Um, so a lot going on in that world and uh, and sports card stuff. Steph Curry cards on fire, Tom Brady cards on fire, sneakers on fire. Like there's a, the, we, we talk so much about NFTs cause you and I have the bug, but I hope we do this a long time together, brother. And I think we'll get into other categories, but I've been doing a lot of 360 homework all categories, toys, VHS, sneakers, comics, streetwear, sports cards, like your book. My book is on fire. Thank you, Herm. Uh, Lots of things are doing well. So exciting, exciting times. Yeah. Um, I need some other categories. I'm the literal worst. I go on, you know, Steph breaks the three point record. And then I go on you know, eBay or PWCC and start looking at his cards. <laughs> of course, the worst time you could possibly be in market for Steph. So I'm looking at everything. It's through That's the right. roof. You know, congratulations to everyone who has a bag of Steph Curry rookies or whatever. I agree. Know, also, like I'm an NFL season active right now where you have no idea who's going to win the Super Bowl. So there might be some plays there. Is it a Matthew Stafford rookie card? Is it a Kyler rookie card? Mahomes is down. Can they get hot? And, and can he get his card explode? I have to assume Josh Allen cards are way down because the bills stink, but can they get hot and wait? Like you kind of look at the quarterbacks that could win a ring here. Do the chargers blitz out of nowhere and then Herbert cards are through the roof. Does, does that guy in Tampa win another one? And like now his cards are through the stratosphere, even though they've been on fire. Um, trying to think who else has a shot in the NFC. I mean, Dak, could the Cowboys get hot? Like it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the thing is so wide open you know, mixing both props and drops right now, quarterback rookie cards are super interesting right now because somebody's going to win a ring here, which will accelerate their market. And you've never had an NFL on December 16th have 10 football teams that could win a Super Bowl and nobody would be shocked. That's unheard of by historical NFL reference. It's pretty wide open. Very. To say the least. I mean, we're, I didn't think Patriots would be in the mix and we are. Right, right. I mean, I didn't even bring them up. Maybe that was subconscious or conscious, but yeah, you know, the Patriots win a Super Bowl. Mac Jones rookie cards are 15 X what they are right now. Yeah. It's a weird spot where they kind of like might get the bye week and then you only need a couple things to go right near in the Super Bowl. You know, Mac would be, would be insane. Would, would literally shut me up in perpetuity about Belichick. Wow. 
What an incredible yeah, he's already game. priced in. I think the Mac rookie's already priced in that he's not for a Super Bowl three. win. Not for a Super Bowl win. He wins a Super Bowl. Those, those things are going to be forget it. Herm, but it must be the Boston market, you know. Yeah, the Mac rookies in the Boston market are rough. amazing market, Boston. Herm, yeah. have you been enjoying your life lately? Life's great. Living. I'm in your office right now. I see so that. Great. We have dinner tonight, so I'm excited about that. Um, I think the one thing to mention that's crazy uh, about the NFL season right now is COVID and that the impact that's going to have on the next couple of weeks is insane as that's coming through the world again. Yes. I mean, we already have the NBA. Did I see properly that Toronto has already? Um, hold yeah. on one second, boys. Got some dog uh, babysitting going on I here. You you guys, I don't. I don't. Matt, if Gary had a dog, what would his name be? Oh, God. It's a boy dog. I'm going to guess um, Kevin. Kevin. I like that. The, the COVID dog situation is really something else. I think um, dogs, if we ever go back to the office, it's going to be just like an unprecedented level of disappointment from all of our dogs oh, who have become yeah. very comfortable with having humans at home all the time. Now it's going to, if that ever changes, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. The, the dog nation is going to be like, what just happened? Because I yeah. mean, me, I mean, and things like what's going on right now, like I haven't babysat a dog in my entire life and I am doing that right now. And so that's pretty funny. Anyway, nonetheless, Steven? I have no goddamn idea what the dog's name is. All right, let's get into the show. We don't have a lot of time this week. Okay, go. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. The, I imagine you watch the UFC 269 Juliana every Pena. The big every story was Pena and uh, Amanda Nunez just unbelievable fight I actually was getting kind of like trash because I thought second round was one of the best rounds I've ever seen and but there's a lot of context to that you know it's like the expectations coming in Amanda Nunez was minus 1000 nobody thought there was any chance in hell kind of like the way the first round played out looked like you know, things were under control. And then the second round comes out and it's just like this absolute brawl for three minutes. I remember looking at the clock and I couldn't believe there was two minutes left in the round. And then something just kind of changed. You could see the the body language, the face just changed. Uh, she got in trouble yeah, it was, and it was it, just it, over. It was that one punch, right? It was that one punch that, that jab, you know, Rogan mentioned it on the telecast, like, the face absolutely changed and you know away we went like it, I mean I was so into that fight you can't even imagine like I was completely and utterly uh captivated yeah I haven't talked to my my tv in a while but <laughs> what the you know so I don't know what like what's where does that rank that round like where does that rank on your all-time list because what I was hearing was Oh, you haven't watched any UFC, apparently. If you think that's the best round ever, you must have only been watching for two weeks. And I was thinking, no, you have to think about all the context. Like, there's a lot to... I do, I do, I, 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 championship I, fight, yeah, I, I do think that the announcers were overplaying the status of the upset. I do think, even by bookmaking, it's like fifth or sixth biggest upset kind of, you know, I, I just... I think that it was a remarkable round. I'm probably in a hair more agreement with your Twitter feed than you, um, but I'm but I'm buying where you're coming from, which is 
you really, really, really saw no scenario of her winning. I'm really mad because I'm laying there and I had, I had Dustin losing in like really like felt pretty confident. And obviously I love Sean O'Malley cause we rep him and I had confidence he was gonna win. And so I was like, man, I wonder if I did a three tier, three play parlay here. I bet you if I put a Nunez upset in here, like it could actually be huge odds and it would have been unbelievable. Cause obviously, you know, Charles was an underdog to Dustin going into the, given the, the branding versus kind of what I'd been seeing in the octagon. Um, I wish I made that bet, but I had literally what made me not make that bet was the hundred percent confidence that Amanda Nunes was going to run right through her. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are starting to look at that division differently now. I mean, it looked like it was going to get dominated for years and years. And now suddenly it seems like maybe not. So really, really interesting to see where the next couple of fights shake out the rematch. I'm sure there'll be a rematch. There has to be, right? There has to be a rematch. You got Peter Jan, you know, like Aljamain Sterling, Corey lost to Jan, but he's still flirting around that. There's a lot going on in that thing. Is Dustin going to go up and wait? It looks like that's going to happen. So does that create a Colby versus Dustin super fight? That could be wild right? That could be really cool. Um, there's some fights out there. There's some fights out there. we got a heavyweight fight coming that I think, you know, gains and, you know, the nightmare. I think there's, some, there's just some good stuff out there going. Speaking about heavyweight, I'm going to be slamming myself into this show, just making sure we're staying on track. Yeah, UFC, let's do it. UFC recap. Uh, we need to get you two at a fight, do a little dinner before, invite some, invite one or two people from a Discord. Yeah, Q let's do one. that. I'm setting that up. All right, I'm next. in. Next. Uh, Celtics Knicks, uh, big Celtics. I only have one question. You know, we don't have that much time. I want to know if Gary's driving to New Jersey and taking the plus 225 Knicks playoff line right now. I would do that in a heartbeat. You You got it. It's going going down bad. No, I know the Knicks have been bad right now, but I think they're going to repeat last year and get hot late. And I think they make the playoffs. So I would probably take that bet. Yes. Yeah, literally fell one th- minus one thirty to plus two twenty five. They're atrocious right now, but their right. their schedule opens up here, and it's really those three Celtics games before January tenth, wrapped in a r- lot of winnable games that I think will really determine a lot about this next season. So, I would probably wait to January eleventh to make that bet and either go plus four hundred because it really went bad or you know, lose some of the upside is probably how I'd probably think Yeah, just get it. more info. Yeah. All right, well, that's Celtics a have it under control, minus 250 now. Just beat the Bucks. I was at the game on Monday, beat the champs. So I think that makes us kind of like the champs by the transitive property. Herm, Herm, I know you're not good at football betting because you owe me 5,000 bucks for Iowa State and Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati you know. with a perfect season. But Herm, so let's do this. This will be fun. Hot takes. We're going to go fast this episode. Yes, go. Super, Super Bowl matchup as of December 16th is an impossible thing to guess. We're asking you first, Kayla second, me third. Here we go. Herm, two seconds. Like, real, who's in the Super Bowl? Uh, Packers, Bills. Packers, Bills. Understood. Kalish? I was going to say Packers, Patriots. Packers, Patriots. I'm going to go Rams. This is a wild one. Stick with me here. Colts. Okay. They may not make the playoffs, but I feel like if they do, they're going to be dangerous. 
Yeah. I also think Kansas City is kind of the man. He's like he's really number one right now. I think he became number one all of a sudden. Packers, Packers, Bills. I don't think the Bills still stink. Yeah, I don't know. I just went with it. All right, next one. Speaking about the bet, and then we're going to the draft. Speaking about the bet, you just said Bills out of nowhere. Yeah, I just went. It's similar to my Ohio, Iowa, Ohio, Ohio, Iowa State bet. Cincinnati is supposed to get worked by Alabama, so I think like it makes me feel better the idea of paying you after that. Also, they're laying two touchdowns. Yeah, Alabama's laying two touchdowns. About yeah, Herm, you should get- bet five thousand on Bama to cover your thing, or Cincinnati can make you a ten thousand dollar loser this year. It's actually not a bad idea. No, no, <laughs> not doing. No, Matt, I see that face. Um, there's rumors that Floyd Money Mayweather is going to be on a future uh, a future episode of ours. And I think it's only right to pay you in front of him. So that's coming. I think it's a good idea. Okay. But he's you. going to make fun of you because for Money Mayweather, $5,000 is like a penny. Yeah, but it's going to be in $2 bills. I'm very interested. Yeah. I'm try- I'm, we're trying to get them back in circulation. I want it. Like I w- Mr. B style with the I want a million it. and one, one dollar bills. Yeah. I want it. I want it in Solana. No, it's in $2 bills. It's happening. All right. Um, all right. Uh, the one other comment on this free DFS listener contest. These things are kind of blowing up, by the way. These NFT giveaways, they're hot. They are like, hot. Hot. Yep. Um, and the NFT giveaway this week is, Matt? World of Women. Nice. Oof. World of Women. That's a nice one. A floor? Kind of like a two, 1.82, like that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Very yeah, nice. Beauty. Uh, let's yeah, let's we'll let's, nice let's clip. We'll can we do me a favor? Can we clip oh, this little it. piece right now so I can put it in my Discord? Because I want somebody from the V Friends Discord to win this, and then I can link them to the to the DraftKings page. So a world of women floor. If what, Herm? In a DFS listener contest, we'll include the link in the Discord. Beautiful. I want to get just send that to me personally because I'm going to clip this team, Seth, Andrew, everybody, Sean Cop, and uh, let's do that. Awesome. Um, Drops. Yep. A lot of stuff going on. You guys were in Miami. We have a recap. We have, like, we haven't spoke since that Tom Tom Sachs episode. There's a lot of big companies joining the NFT space and metaverse. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I want to get your sense of where the market's at right now. There's been a couple of really big moments, like Nike buying, you know, Artifact. RFQFP. With, you Ar- know, Artifact. Thing. It's pronounced yeah, Artifact. Artifact. Uh, disclosure, I was an early investor in Artifact, so I made some bags. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, also, you know, making some signaling that they're going to be playing bigger in the kind of virtual goods space. Adidas, BAYC deal. With Punk you know, Comics. Give a shout yeah. out to Punk Comics. Good project. As well. Yeah, they were it in the mix there. They're in the mix there. Erica at Adidas. Um, Pepsi, oh. whatever, you know. So you're seeing Pepsi might drop. Budweiser. Both Pepsi and Budweiser were Vayner NFT projects for disclosure. Both did extremely well. Yep. So the brand kind of move in White Castle, et cetera. And then on the other hand, a lot of micro stuff going on, like people are doing their taxes, their dollar cost averaging, they're like tax loss harvest, a lot of micro short-term stuff. And how do you see these forces kind of coming into play? Like I the think, macro I think versus every, the micro? Ev- everything I've believed from day one, gold rush, crazy swings, profits and losses in this period. A lot of outside profits for things that don't make sense. Um, Someday, a pretty big winter, a crash. Most things go to zero, except the top 5%, 2%. And even they get very hurt because everything gets dragged down. And then 
like a rose coming out of the concrete, just like the internet in 2002, three, four, um, you'll see an emergence. The technology is too big, right? You're see Nike's not doing this for kicks and giggles, right? The leagues are not having major negotiations around their ticket rights and things of that nature for kicks and giggles. This is infrastructure, you know, I just think that the market is volatile. Please bet with money that you can afford to lose. Please buy things that you actually enjoy. Or if you're day trading, you know, move in, move out. Like, like, because if you get too caught, too over leveraged, just like the real estate market, just like the stock market, just like a lot of things we've seen, you can get caught. And so, um, you know, I'm super long on the A plus stuff. Like I, nothing goes through my mind on punks and apes. Like obviously two of the premier projects. Like I don't worry about like apes getting more expensive than punks or vice versa. I just think long on what I buy. Creatures, world of women. Um, I, and then and and then I'm taking some risks, right? You know, with smaller projects, women and weapons, or brain vomit or goons or, you know, whatever I'm tickling my fancy flower girls, I'm very hot on. Like you take some risks because they're low cost risks. You're minting them. And this is the advice I keep giving everybody. Everyone has different bags. Like this is how I played with sports cards and comics when I had a lot less money. And this is how I'm playing with NFTs when I have a little bit more money. And, and I just wish that people play within their means because I think there's gonna be a ton of volatility. As you just mentioned, a lot of people are selling off things. Um, you know, you sold some wolves at really cheap prices because I assume you're taking those losses to offset some of your gains. Uh, you know, you, you gotta made pay a, the old tax man. Yeah, you, you you made a lot of money on that very expensive ape. So you're rightfully, like any logical person, saying, okay, I've got to pay taxes on my gains here. I don't believe in wolves, I guess, in this scenario or not in the short term. So let me sell it, capture the losses, find the right balance of my gains and losses. And then I'll make new decisions in, in January. You know, for me, I'm holding everything that I buy for the most part. So I'm not, I'm, I can, my stuff could go way down. I mean, I could have sold all my punks at a lot more money four months ago, but I'm riding it long. I just, I really want to continue to pound the drum of play with money that you can afford to lose. I've definitely found myself in situations where people they're looking for recommendations and things to get involved in the space, but I've almost been like reluctant to want to give any advice because I can tell the expectations that they have are not Correct. the right expectations. That's right. And so I kind of want to stay it. out of it. That's, and I found myself it. in that more and more. I think the South Park, you mentioned South Park put a clip out there that I thought was a good example. Yep. Um where there's so many reasons to believe like big picture, it's going to be a giant space, you know, the success of it's, it's black and white, by know, the way, the on the projects, record, giant brands coming in Coinbase. It's, all these it's, it's done, it's done but there's too much greed. It's done. It's the same thing that happened with ICOs. Like cryptocurrency was right, but people yeah. lost their shirts in 2017, but Bitcoin was right. Like Bitcoin was right. Yeah. But too many people bought shit coins. And right now people are buying squirrels with cigars in them uh, launched by anonymous influencers. And like, like, I mean, every day I'm getting friends and acquaintances and light touch friends and acquaintances that are fancy, have juice and culture and business and the world every day, 13 DMs every day. 
13 to 25 DMs from friends that have juice saying, hey, Gary, I'd love for you to buy this. I'm associated with it. Cause they're getting a bag from founders and they have a relationship with me and they're trying to get me into the project cause they think that that will juice it. And I can't do that cause it's gonna ruin my reputation. I can only buy what I believe in. Yeah, you uh, everyone's thinking the same thing. Light touch friend versus acquaintance. What is the difference? Go. A light touch friend is a light, slightly elevated version of an acquaintance. Hmm. So acquaintance, like, you have no, do you know who these people are if they walk past you on the street? Yes. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and if I saw them in the street, I would interact with them like a best friend, by the way, because I love people. But if I'm like truly like saying like where it's at, these are all people, anybody I talk to, and you, you've gotten to know me, both of you, is completely in the pocket to become my best friend. It's just a serendipity of how much interaction you get with them. So when I say an acquaintance or light touch friend, I, 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 when I meet people, I go through a very quick kind of radar, which is, do I think they're nice? <laughs> and if I think they're nice, Truly, if I think they're nice, I'm willing to go pretty far into like friendship. You know, I would call friend, like a, such a powerful thing. You are my friend for real. If they're nice and they have common interests, well, I'm like, oh, this could become like a best, like a really good friend, right? But like when I say like touch friend or acquaintance, those are all people that I'm excited and wishful to have deeper relationships with, but the serendipity of where we live, how busy we are, what's going on hasn't given us the meaningful time to take it to the next level. Um, I'm empathetic for everybody reaching out. I'm just incredibly incapable of supporting these projects because my reputation is everything to me. Yeah. 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 It's even to the, I kind of figured out more in the last couple of months about like where I want to play in this space, which is, I guess the where I would describe it is a reverence, like, when people come at you with these high expectations, they think that there's going to be, you know, easy financial gain. They think that everyone else is going to be responsible for pumping their bags and their decisions. They buy something and then they're coming at the developer, the community, they're on Twitter shilling it. This serious kind of like expectation set around. That's like the absolute opposite of what I love about the space. What I love about the space is the you know, you take a shot on something, you buy something you like, there's optimism, there's positivity. I bought it because I bought it. It's my responsibility to make that decision. Whatever happens after that, if I hold it, buy it, sell it, buy more, sell it, that's my decision to make. But I don't yeah, the, hold the, anyone the, else responsible the, for pumping the, my NFT yeah, the, bag. The lack, so I, the lack of accountability is absurd. Yeah, there, I think there's an utter like lack of self-accountability in, in a lot of different pockets where I realize that's just not the space that I ever want to play in. Where I do want to play, though, is the word irreverence, like really stands out to me. It's the, some of these NFTs are very valuable. It's art that is, you know, there's lots of demand. People think that they're, you know, potentially you know, the A-list projects I could live on for decades and whatever, but having a lightheartedness about it, you know, to me is the, the pocket, the, the positive vibes, positive energy in those pockets. That's where I felt the most comfortable and at home. 
So I've even learned that. And I don't think we would have learned that if there wasn't some up and down in the value of some projects and some headwinds on some things. Like you wouldn't learn what pockets really connect the most with you. But to me, that's just like what I've learned from the last several months. Is I like that. Individual responsibility. Go into think. If you're going to be upset if your project goes down, like you're doing it wrong. A hundred percent. I've had people like hit me up uh, the other day. Yo, what's up with plasma bears? I'm like, what? They're like, well, what do you think? I'm like, mm, I think what I thought in, when I told you that I was buying them, that it's a really meaningful 2018 project that has X copy in it, who's the, one of the most significant artists that I believe will play out all time, comma, it has one of the craziest stories of all time being on a different chain, bunch of <laughs> bears burned, bunch of OGs. And I think when it's all said and done in 2030, that the early projects will have a leg up to 99% of the projects that come out in 2021 and 2022. And so it was funny to me that this very logical person who we had a very logical conversation to the logic to why I bought him, thus he bought two or three of them. And the thought that 16 weeks later, he's in a panic mode of like why it hasn't tripled and could he sell it and should he sell it? And it's funds that are very small to him, which even makes me smile more. It's, um, it's, I think your point that your ranch just now was very powerful and I'm reinforcing it with a story that just happened last week, this week, can't remember now. Um, that really caught my attention. I'm like, wow, humans are really irrational. And, um, and that makes me smile. Yeah. And when I say makes me smile, it's like this smirk of like, fuck man, it's not a smile. I feel worried. Like people, anybody who thinks they're gonna become a trillionaire and flipping NFTs could be right. You could mint the right thing. It's happening in your face. Board Ape was 0 .08, 0 .08, right? It happened. But, but it's, think about how rare that is. Yeah. Think how rare Be Friends for Board Ape or Cool Cat. These are rare. Yeah. You can't, putting yourself into a position where you're going to be super unhappy if things go down 80% is just setting yourself up for a lot of pain. I mean, don't do it. I bought so many projects that are down 80%. I bought everything on Solana. I bought probably like, oh God, I don't even want to think about it. On Solana, I minted like several projects that are probably down at least 90%, if not worth zero. If oh, you look I, at my I, wallet right yeah. now on OpenSea, the amount of things I bought that are down half or more. Oh, crazy. Like, I bought the, remember the, uh, I think I made you buy these too. I was so confident. Remember the Oni Force Board Ape collab by that artist? I paid 10 ETH for two of them. It's $80,000 that, you know, maybe I could sell for 0.5. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if that's going to cause immense pain, it's not the right, don't buy. Exactly. You should not be buying these NFTs. And so I've learned a lot about over the last couple of months, I feel like I've, really learn like what connects with me and you know uh and you're so, not going to so time that the means, market perfectly yeah. you have to be i think aware you're just never timing the market perfectly you're never going to buy the absolute bottom of anything never going to sell at the absolute top perfect moment 
it's relatively illiquid a lot of the time because things are one of one, like 10,000 PFP collections where everyone's unique. They're one of one. Maybe it connects with somebody, maybe it doesn't. Such a difficult idea of like, how could I perfectly time everything? And you're not going to. And the second you start to hold yourself to that bar and you connect your happiness or your mood to if you're timing everything perfectly, you're playing the game totally wrong. Like, that is not what to be doing. And yeah, I think like much more of my time going to 2022, I'll probably spend more on the expectations and and that way of thinking and trying to make an impact there versus giving people advice on projects. Because I just don't think, I found myself less and less wanting to, oh, I think this is a good one. That one's not good. I'm selling this, buying this. It's impossible. Everybody has their two cents. Everybody has their opinion. And if you look at my wallet, I've probably, you know, half or more of things I've minted are down big, right? Like, so big winners here, literally, big losers, literally not going to perfectly do it. Yeah, literally the only thing I'm confident about is VFriends because I'm in control. Right. Well, right. you know what you're going to do. So, yeah, it's like when you're driving the dominate. car, the passenger, you feel a little nicer when you're driving. Yeah, I'm going to dominate. Yeah. Yeah. All right, speaking about dominating, actually has nothing to do with this next point. Um, top NFT follows. What are some what are some follows on Twitter or Instagram? Name a couple that come to mind. The fans are asking, the listeners are asking. Go. I think if you listened to Kalish just now, he actually gave you a very interesting answer to the question, which is telling people who to listen to is almost no different than telling people which project. I think it's a true game of if you're listening right now going to Twitter, using the hashtag NFT, searching NFT, search, here's what you should search, OpenSea, NFT. Um, you know, those are two things that I think are good searches on Twitter. And then you just click, this is what I did. 40, 50 hours of clicking profiles, reading their bios, clicking their default link, reading 50 of their tweets, and then finding people that are on opposite sides of opinions. Go to, I think you go to, here's a good one. Go to OpenSea rankings. Look at the top 100 projects in the last 24 hours and the last seven days. And then go search on Twitter those projects' names and read everything and join their discords and read everything. And after 50 hours of reading 50 projects, you'll have a ton of context of what the fuck's going on. Don't buy anything. Don't do anything. That's what I did. That's how I bought CryptoPunks. It's not about following me or following DC Investor, who I trust, Kevin Rose, who I trust. Like, it's not about following that. That's good. Kevin Rose's podcast is really good. Modern yeah. Finance, I think. Like, there's things to listen to, but nothing beats. Everybody just wants to listen. Do you know when I say that, I can hear the people on the other side of like, now nah, just buy what you buy. Like, okay, you don't want to go into the gym, but don't fucking talk to me about why you're fucking 28 pounds overweight. Yeah. Like put in the work. One thing I would add too, there's definitely different pockets of the of the social community on NFTs. There's creators, um, there are like engineers, there are people that are just kind of vibes and collectors types. Um, there's people that are pretty serious and analytical about it. Um, 
different sort of personality types out there. And I think you'll find groups that connect with you more or less and gravitate towards like those sort of personalities. Like if you want to hear just like positive vibes and things that are um, going to make you feel good, you're following like Farouk or Dee's Fi or these kind of guys. Um, and they're making good, I think, smart, you know, uh, decisions with their bag, but they're like fun accounts to follow. And then there's other accounts, like one of my friends, Spencer Noon, he's like a VC for over five, five, 10 years now in uh, the blockchain space, very analytical, really understands all the projects, the technology, you know, so it depends where you skew, like how much do you want to kind of spend your time just feeling good, feeling part of the community versus like learning something about the tech um, or being closer maybe to like artists, creatives, et cetera, and just find your pocket. Or do it all. It's not so bad to do it all either. Like I've always preferred getting a B minus in all three of those areas versus being like A plus with the creative side and, you know, F on the other two or whatever. Like if you spend a little time everywhere, you get a better understanding of the whole ecosystem. I think what's kind of interesting about this talk is that it seems like you got not less interested. It seems like the, a lot of acquaintances and, and whatever's under that are coming to you guys, basically looking at your wallets, looking at what you're buying and then doing the same thing. And you feel a ton of responsibility around that. And as such, I feel like we're talking less about specific projects and more macro. Just interesting observation on the podcast. Yeah. Um, well, given time, I want to hear the Gary's take on the comics. I know that you've been spending more time there and it's not NFTs. We've given lots of air time. To I, NFTs. Just, I just think that comics are inevitably going to do DC and Marvel inevitably are going to, and I know they've done some stuff, but I think there's going to be more to come. Um, they're going to do very thoughtful things here in the next five years on NF eventually no different than it took like four Captain America movies before they had the big one. Right. Eventually DC and Marvel are going to figure out NFTs. And when they do, I struggle with this arb. Oh, this very rare one of one Hulk is $90,000 and Hulk number one in good condition is $30,000. And I think that the physical is going to uplift with the digital value in comics more than cards. And so I'm starting the process of putting together a meaningful comic book collection. Are you going to store and cold storage somewhere? I mean, it, it, like there are people with $25 million comic book collections that have figured it out. I will figure it out. Yeah. What's a good resource if you know zero about comic books to get like your initial foundation i hit up my friend anthony barone because he's been in it for a long time he gave me like four or five uh recommendations of instagram accounts and auction sites much like heritage auction just like with cards does it so what i'm going to do is look at the public auction like i'm listen i'm in a fortunate position in my career now i've worked really hard and done the right things for 25 years to put me in a place where i can buy x-men one i can buy hulk i can buy you know detective this and amazing stories that and action comics this and what i'm referencing is first spider-man first batman first superman and then i'm gonna make some bets right like i was thinking like who's the next black panther like is it gonna be gambit is it gonna be um is it gonna be uh punisher punisher's first appearance is so cool because the cover of him trying to shoot spider-man is so cool 
And there's a couple of comics I've always wanted. This Punisher one, Wolverine's first appearance is actually in the Hulk. So when I was into comics in 94, I sold all my baseball cards in 93 because I thought the market was gonna collapse and went into comics in 94 and for a few minutes in 95. And I was right. And when I was in there, there was two comics that I always wanted to own. Wolverine's first appearance and Punisher's first appearance because both of them were in cool places. Wolverine and Hulk's, Incredible Hulk's comic and Punisher and Spider-Man's comic. But what makes them interesting is the covers were profound. So I'll go out and do some of that buying. So that's, that's an exciting thing I'm gonna do here in Q1 of 2022. Very cool. Herm, did you ever collect comics? No. Ever? Kayla Shu, ever? Never. Yeah. Literally I had, never. I had, I had one 18 month window when I dealt in comics and it's really funny. It was when Image and Valiant, two competitors to DC and Marvel popped up and were like the new shit and they were hot and expensive. And then they collapsed, both of them collapsed outside of Spawn, you know, from Image, like just collapsed. And, um, but, I, but I was into some of the classes. I'm a huge Fantastic Four fan. It's one of the few things I actually even read while I was, you know, collecting. And so I'm excited to get, and that, that actually led me to go hard into toys. There was a toy company called Mego that I collected very heavy in the 70s action figures, tall, almost like Barbie-like. And then I loved the early uh, kind of 83, 84, 85. There was um, Secret Wars was something I collected a bunch. Justice League, there was a bunch of action figures I collected that were super fun from the 80s that I really enjoyed. Um, and so, and then in the, in the early 90s, Toy Biz uh, was a toy company that put out a bunch of action figures that I collected and flipped. I was really into toys from like 95 to 98. Um, and so I've, I've got my fair share of comic book knowledge. Well, if there's Fantastic Four NFTs on OpenSea, somebody created them or somebody will now. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're gonna see meaningful, meaningful executions from the comic book companies. So I want to get ahead of that trend. And that's my alpha for everybody this week. Love that one. Um, all right. So we're wrapping up. The DraftKings, we have DraftKings Discord uh, with the Props and Drops channel. It's kind of blowing up, by the way. This show is off to a you know, start. Um, speaking about that, on January 6th, we will have a very, very, very special AMA, which is Ask Matt Anything. Um, <laughs> coming exclusively to the DraftKings Discord. We will promote that. We will get all of Gary's acquaintances and close friends to also push him to promote that too. And um, there'll be a submit a question chat, submit a question piece going out in the fifth where people could ask a question beforehand and definitely shout you out. So that's great. We have a listener pool and we have the holidays. I'm excited great. about all those things. Love you, everybody. Bye, everybody. Cheers. We'll talk to See you guys you soon. See you next time. Can't wait, Kalish.
You or someone you know has a gambling problem. Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, New Jersey, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wyoming. 1-800-522-4700 in New Hampshire and Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Idaho. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-532-3500 in Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call and text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 888-789-7777 and visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. Available to play in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia only. Must be 21 years or older or 18 plus in New Hampshire and Wyoming. For entertainment purposes only, no results guaranteed. Void where prohibited. Eligibility restrictions apply. See www.draftkings.com sportsbook for full details. Odds and lines are subject to change.